Hello humans, welcome to Tending Trauma with me, your host, Thomas Weber. Today we are joined by Charlotte Mather. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Thomas. Um, I'm happy to have you here. Um, would you take a, a moment to introduce yourself to the audience, Charlotte? Sure. Yeah, no problem. Um, if you guys haven't already guessed, I'm from the UK. I'm a hypno coach, which is really my shortened version of saying that I'm a hypnotherapist, I'm a clinical hypnotherapist, I'm a life coach and an NLP practitioner. So I blend all of that into the, um, the, the programs and the work that I do with my clients and I call that hypno coaching if you've not heard of that phrase before. Yeah, that's a, it, uh, I've definitely, I have definitely heard of it, but uh, yeah, for, for anyone who hasn't, um, definitely legitimate um, practice. Yeah, and uh, I I specialize in working with clients, so predominantly female entrepreneurs mm -hmm. who have subconscious blocks, often down to um, trauma in childhood, um, that are stopping them from achieving the goals that they're setting for themselves in their business. So it might be that it's impacting on their confidence um, or on their visibility. It might be they're suffering with imposter syndrome. Um, I work with a lot of people that consider themselves hyper-independent. So they're mm. super-independent, they're super-driven, but they're very, very prone to, to burnout episodes. I see. So you work with a lot of people who are performing, but they're also driving themselves into a, a burnout. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and and this is my personal experience as well. This is my, mm. this is my story. So hitting burnout over and over, um, never asking for help, just continuing on, never wanting to appear vulnerable or out wow. of control um, and just trying to keep all those plates spinning until, yeah, it has to give, something has to give. Yeah, absolutely. I know that's something that a lot of people go through as a as a challenge, um, just trying to make it all work, just to make sure that we're safe and uh, having a career. Yeah, there are a lot of there are a lot of challenges. There are a lot of uh, demands placed upon us as entrepreneurs, as as therapists, coaches, um, people, <laughs> just people at the moment. Yeah. It's, it's hard just. <laughs> just getting through day to day right yeah so i'm i'm curious you know in your both in your practice maybe also in your in your life story in, in your personal life story um have you noticed anything in terms of like um past events like um not necessarily trauma but possibly trauma that um impacted um why someone would get into that mindset of like just trying to push through and eventually like get into the burnout yeah so i can talk from my experience and then and then some case studies of clients i've worked with but for, for me it was coming from a really chaotic childhood hmm. um and and just to sort of clarify i didn't recognize in this this in myself until a few years ago so you know, I was well into my 30s before I recognized this sort of hyper independence, this extreme level of independence and disconnection from people. Um, and you know, through the work that I've done by myself and I now share with my clients, 
going back to childhood and looking at that chaotic environment that I was raised in um, there was domestic violence in the in the home we moved house a lot I had to go to a lot of different schools um, and that need for having control as a child which I didn't have feeling like I had no say in what was going on manifested itself in this extreme need for controlling my environment my feelings my surroundings that didn't get controlling to the point where you know all the cans in the pantry have to be the right way round, or <laughs> have to, I have to check the door four times or anything that wasn't sure. to that extent but it was certainly this um inability to relinquish the control mm-hmm. that I believed I'd mastered over my life my um, environment um my surroundings my feelings even you know locking those away um and it was quite interesting because I always thought I talked a lot about myself um I didn't feel like you know, I'm, I'm very extrovert I spoke I spoke a lot about myself but on reflection I realized I was talking about my opinions my thoughts my experiences and never really talking about my feelings because mm-hmm. I didn't want to let that guard down so long along with being in control I didn't ever want to appear vulnerable again because that just reverted me back to those feelings I had as a child when I felt vulnerable I felt unsafe and I felt powerless so definitely you know all the way back to being very small um I was fighting my whole life against those feelings yeah that seems like security is such an important thing especially like growing up yeah absolutely it's like a core need you know safety security um love they're all really core needs and if those needs are neglected in some way Hmm. then of course they're going to alter our mindset they're going to alter our psychology they're going to alter our behavior and I see that with my clients as well so it, it might be a different type of childhood they had you know they might have been um their needs might not have been met in other ways, like emotional ways. So they might have had parents that were distant or unable to meet their emotional needs. And so that made them feel um, unsafe or that made them feel disconnected. So it can be different events in childhood can still create this feeling of having to have control or having to um, hide vulnerability um, and, I, yeah. and I see that across the board that there are a lot of different stories that can result in very similar behaviours um, and vice versa. I guess the same story can can um, turn out to be you know, different, different behaviours. You might have an exact upbringing virtually on paper as your next door neighbour, but they respond, you respond differently to them now and behaviours are different. So it's like siblings, isn't it? both brought up together same upbringing same set of parents but they can react very differently so it it sounds it I mean it it does sound like uh, at least some of your journey was um in facing like in in handling the problems that you didn't have handled for yourself but it sounds like for some reason because of maybe the how chaotic it was that you had to do it in a way that um, wasn't as healthy as you wanted it to be, or as you found to be now? 
yeah that's that's right um I didn't even really realize for a long time that there was any impact from childhood in that way mm. am I breaking up you're not I'm not breaking up sorry <laughs> you're you're um going in and out a little bit okay um okay I'll start again so yeah for a long time I didn't even recognize that there was any negative impact from childhood um, mm. as an adult I thought I was relatively well-rounded I'm a confident person um I'm extrovert I'm outgoing I make friends easily um I'd always been considered by my family and my peers my friends as successful as driven you know all these positive um associations with being very determined and very independent and I mean, we mustn't forget society sort of reveres independence, doesn't it? It looks upon independence as this thing to strive for. And so I never, I thought I'd got out of childhood relatively unscathed. I never thought it had created a problem. Um, but then I began to get exhausted. I found myself getting exhausted um, and mm. over and over. So having to take to bed because I was in pain, I was tired, um, pulling myself back from socializing becoming quite withdrawn sort of super focused on work and not being able to connect with family even my children my husband just wow. getting so laser focused in in work and and personal progression so personal development even you know training and reading and and cutting out everything else in my life never being able to find a way to relax thought relaxing yeah. was a waste of time <laughs> and after that cycle continued a few times, I mean, a spa day for me was like torture. Oh, wow. Torture. Being You're... sent to the spa for a, a treat. What was going through your mind at the time? Were, were you just like, this is the, like, if I, if I work, that's going to be like the number one thing that's going to help you like security? Like what was, what, I mean, I'm just curious if you remember. So going to a spa day um, and asking myself and questioning you know, why why can't you just relax this is enjoyable this is what people do to relax just just you know um, and I, I left after an hour I've got my laptop in the boot of the car and I went in a coffee shop and worked and then told my family that I'd had a wonderful relaxing spa day and I'm so refreshed <laughs> <laughs> and it was a complete lie and it's those events it's those small e events that made me start to realize there's something not quite right here this behavior mm. isn't quite healthy let's say yeah. um and then I started to to I look more into it and do those that deep dive into the subconscious like what's what's going on here obviously I'm a, I'm a hypnotherapist so I used hypnosis and um I had therapy myself to uncover why you know why can't Charlotte relax <laughs> what's going on um and that therapy regressed me back to childhood to being um out of control, powerless, you know, hidden under the bed, frightened, things like that. Um, and I started wow. to make the connection then. And 
And that was the first step, really, just being aware that, oh, okay, I didn't get out of that um, period of my life so unscathed after all, and there's I more see. going on. Yeah. Yeah, so it was like you got scared back when you were a kid and just carried it, and then yeah. it kept you from relaxing as an adult. Yeah, yeah, because I was sort of hyper vigilant, waiting for something, right. something to happen. You know, how, how could I relax when I was always waiting something to happen um so having that awareness was was huge for me and then it's then it's a case of working working it through right working on it because it's one thing knowing but what do you do about that yeah yeah i mean i'm do you do you feel like um in the realm of like what what do you do about that um do you feel like um there's something that um, worked really well for you? Yeah, so so for me, I did a lot of inner child healing work, um, using hypnosis as well, uh, visualizations, gestalt, sort of you know, stepping into the parent and the child, reparenting the inner child. Nice. So a lot of deep subconscious work, the inner child stuff was, was very healing. Mm. Uh, hard, it was difficult but it was really, really powerful. And then in addition to that, working on the sort of conscious level of recognizing, so let's take the spa day example, the, recognizing the sense of panic coming up and acknowledging nice. that sense of panic and saying, okay, what I'm responding to now is a memory from a long time ago. There's nothing to be scared of right now. And so, sort of self-soothing um, that, that feeling that, sense of panic and calming it down with that that self-talk that positive self-talk and that that's really powerful and I still use that a lot today mm. because those triggers are going to trigger we you know we can't get them all we can't resolve them all um yeah so those triggers are going to trigger and and it's at that point recognizing that this is a memory this is a memory of a fear long ago there's nothing to be afraid of right now wow yeah so it, it sounds like getting that awareness for how how your mind is is pulling things up and not just reacting to them um, instinctually because our instincts is all based off of like what we went through and instead like having this uh, like you said self-talk um, maybe like conscious um, parent like what what you would say as a mature, parent to to this like stressed out like inner child like um anxiety or or whatever it is and uh mm -hmm. and helping it through whatever the situation is uh, wow that, that sounds like an, an, an incredibly um bold thing to do um to, to to lean into yeah it's um it was interesting to say the least <laughs> because you have to revisit things that you've buried as well um or that you know had I even buried them I knew they happened but I'd sort of detached I detached and I also think through the work that I've done that was the worst thing I could have done was detach because that child needed soothing never never received the soothing and then I detach from that inner part of me push it away hide yeah. it in work hide it in you know, striving for success and recognition 
and actually now realizing that that feeling comes up that's the child part of me and me now being the parent to that child part of me and the key was I need to say to myself what that child needed to hear back then when she was frightened and she was hiding and she was hearing fighting and things and and her needs weren't met at the time but you know no no blame to lie anywhere everybody was going through their problems yeah but her needs weren't met and her emotions weren't processed properly at the time so it's now helping her which is me to emotionally process that and it's validating those feelings that were there back then but at the same time I don't need to feel them now yeah, that's it. It's it is kind of interesting, like how you were saying earlier about how like society kind of like um, they they glamorize this like hyper independence, and um, they you know there there's this sense even like in the um, being really efficient at working um, thought world that's like you know if you can find something that you can drill into that you can maintain your attention on that that's going to be the thing that you can use to, uh, I guess, like, yeah, sep- like break away, like separate from um, any of your other baggage. But it sounds like what, like you're saying is that like when, as you um, reclaimed that, those, those challenging emotions and you learned how to like um, help them, that it helped you it change as a person. Yeah, absolutely. Just acknowledging those feelings and acknowledging that child part from back, way back then. Already, I felt the shift. I felt the shift just acknowledging, going, oh, there you are. Oh, that's what happened to you. Um, wow. And, you know, as, as children, we, we can go through so much and be so resilient. Um, but I guess my situation and and for many of my clients isn't helped by this reverence that's given for independence this reverence that's given and particularly for women I think as well because you know Beyonce and Destiny's Child say all the women who are independent wave your hands up (laughs) and actually as a as a professional in my niche in my field a lot of my clients don't even see that they've got a problem, that this hyper-independence, this is something that they are proud of. Mm. So it's there's a real challenge there in recognising when, when it's a problem, when yeah. it's a problem, um, and identifying where it's not serving us um, and how much balance we can bring to our lives if we recognise and address the feelings that are, com- that are coming up that we're just pushing straight back down. So it's, it's can be a real battle and it, it took me a long right. time to recognize myself. So I understand why it's a battle. Yeah. I mean, you talked about how, how there's this desire to have control mm-hmm. and that like, you know, a lot of that mindset is about like pushing through and, 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 and um, fighting for control almost that um, there, the, 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 because on the, on the flip side that, that I think if you're if you're fighting for control, that there's an aspect of your life that's out of control. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and it's it's t- 
taking that time to recognize that um, and what it would then mean to have control of that part of their life that feels out of control. So in a weird kind of way, what happened in my experience is I realized that that hyper-independence was controlling me wow. and I wasn't controlling it. And now I actually feel far more in control of my life, of my emotions. <laughs> it's so bizarre. Yeah, it's like, it sounds ironic, right? Yeah, really ironic. Everything I bottled up, I now recognize and I let it, you know, I bring it to the surface. And mm. I feel more in control now yeah. of my emotions. Um, it's more regulated, let's say. They don't go from one extreme of being really repressed and pushed down to yeah. the next minute the lid flies off and it's, you know, everything's gone chaotic because yeah. it's just all been too much. Some, some Something I tell people is that like, you know, when, when you're in that pushing mindset that it kind of can kind of feel like a tug of war game. And that there's a, you know, if you can change the mindset on like trying to figure out how to get them on the same side of the table as you are, then, I mean, it's challenging, you know, there, there is like tension um, and hurt feelings, you know, from a life of um, separation. But um, in the end, like it's a different game to be um, working with your feelings rather than directly fighting against them. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it, it brings a sense of peace and balance that I, I've never had before. I'm, I've wow. never experienced before. And that, that's now what drives me on to do what I do, because that should be everybody's right to feel balanced, yeah. in control in the right way, um, and at peace and happy. Do you, do you think that's what part of what you were craving was, was peace when you were um, working so hard? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I certainly got into that mindset and you see a lot of that, call it the wanting mind. If I just do this, I'll be happy. If I just mm -hmm. do this, I can rest. If I just get, <laughs> you know, I had a corporate career for a long time. If I just get the next promotion. If I just hit the next pay level, mm -hmm. then I can take a break. Then I can have a rest. Then I can be at peace. And mm -hmm. it was never never ending never wow. ending i was con in my corporate career i was considered a you know a fast track high flyer because i was just smashing every level every target i'd set myself i'd just smash it um but i never felt any more at peace or any more content or happier wow probably the opposite wow wow that it, i mean it, i mean right there it just sounds like the image of a society that's like you know they're 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 stoking the flames of of a, a fearful mindset and um encouraging you to perform 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 yeah yeah got all the congratulations all the pat on the back wow all the uh posts on facebook wow you're such an inspiration <laughs> really if we could all like be it. like you yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah and i look back now and i and I just see a very lonely, disconnected and frightened young woman. Mm -hmm. Yes, very successful. Yes, very accomplished. Um, but very frightened and not anything resembling content. Wow. 
So I, I'm, I'm curious, you know, in your work now, like, do you find it um, challenging to help people like the women you work with to transition their mindsets or are they already coming in being like, this isn't working? Once, once they come in, once they hold their hands up and say, yeah, I, I need help to do this, <laughs> which is the first challenge. Yeah. Um, the work that I do works very quickly and very effectively. And I think that's because I've walked that path um mm. and these are remember very driven very accomplished very determined women yeah so it it works very quickly and very effectively it's getting them to recognize that um and ask for help because mm. you, you're touching on two fears then and it's i'm powerless and i'm vulnerable wow. and if they don't want to appear to be either of those things booking that call with me is very yeah. difficult <laughs> sure sure so I, I work through the you know I, I work through my journey and the art of storytelling the path that I've walked so that it resonates with with those women that need me the most and mm. once it resonates they think ah oh, me too that's me um and they're more likely to to ask for help that's brilliant mm-hmm. um do you so, I mean, it, it sounds, it sounds like that, that perspective shift that you were able to make was, was in realizing that the thing you were hunting for, you were just hunting for it in, in a, in a way you were getting praise for, but maybe it wasn't in a way that, um, was actually like moving the dial, um, internally for you. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, a lot of my clients come to me at breaking point. So their relationships with their partners are suffering. Their oh, relationships wow. with their, their children are suffering. Um, they're terrified of the thought of relaxing. You know, the first task I set them in between the first and second session is take an hour mm-hmm. just for you to relax something that isn't productive for anybody else or anything in any way. Mm-hmm. And they look terrified <laughs> And I yeah. remember that look. I remember that feeling. The very idea of it for them is terrifying. Um, and so, you know, of course, they're going to benefit when they start to break down those walls and those barriers and and start to connect more with themselves and then with the people around them. Because you know, my clients have locked up their feelings in a box. Mm. And they do feel very, very disconnected. And so, you know, success and praise and accolades, they aren't connection. They're just things, aren't they? They're just, um, I can't think of the word, but they, they, aren't, they aren't real. They aren't a real sense of who that person is. And they feel like they don't really know or recognize because they've become this manifestation of success and independence right and hidden so much of who they really are because they're scared they'll get hurt again or they'll get afraid again so once they start connecting back with her the changes happen very very quickly wow yeah it sounds like you they're they they start working with you and you um introduce them to the part of themselves that they've been keeping from themselves all along 
Absolutely. Well, that's, uh, that's, that's the good work. That's, that's the stuff that we, we want to see more of for sure. Yeah, it's, it's really powerful stuff. And um, I'm very honored that I get to help people on that journey in the way that I was helped as well. So it's an absolute privilege for me. And like you say, that, that first meeting between who they are now and who they were back when they were a child is just so emotive and so powerful. Yeah. It's just so in incredible, really. They, you know, they haven't thought about that person, that child for a long, long time. Have, have you, so in, in my work, I found that um, hypnosis is like a, an important um, component of getting into the theta wave state um, and that as a and so yeah you, you understand that that the, that, that um, is uh, really important for being able to make new synapses and make new connections um, have you found that um, hypnosis is especially powerful in helping helping these people make these transitions yeah absolutely a key part of of my work is memory reconsolidation so I use hypnosis for them to experience those implicit memories mm -hmm. so I, I, I the way I explain it to people it's not like going back and being in the movie you don't have to revivify and feel the trauma mm -hmm. as it played out in that movie but you do have to feel what you felt back then so I you see. do need to feel you'll need to feel the fear you'll need to feel uh, feel the panic or anything those things you'll need to feel what you believed back then and so to go back to my example, I believed I was powerless. I believed I was unsafe. Whether that's true or not, that's what I believed. So right. I need to feel those feelings. And so the, and then you have the, um, you revivify sort of the, the implicit memory. And then you can juxtaposition an opposing contradictory feeling of that I not see. being true that not being true anymore and you can erase the old emotional learning in that way if you do it in the, the right order the right sequence so hypnosis is really powerful for that because you can regress back in your mind to things that you might not consciously remember anymore so we can regress back to those implicit memories really feel what we believed at the time and then within a child work or sometimes I do future self work, um, then you can overlay a new learning and erase the old, the old implicit memory. Wow. Yeah. I think that's really key. Mm -hmm. I, it, does, does it, does it feel like, um, for people that they they struggle with like doing that initially and maybe it gets easier as you know, like, what kind of a challenge it's like yeah the the difficulty that some um some people face is if they say i don't know why i don't know what i what i believed or it's, there's a lot of work initially before we can get to the hypnosis because the hypnosis takes them back to what what they believe but there's a lot of work understanding well, what what was the core belief what is the core belief that's that's driving this um and you know we could we don't want to assume what that is right 
yeah, it's exploration and understanding, identifying what is what the the situation or the um, aspect is to to get to meet. Yeah, yeah, and then a lot of um, a lot of clients will say, "Well, what if there was more than one memory?" And I, the way I explain it is, if we're not going back to the actual memory we don't have to go back to the actual memory we're going back to the implicit the emotional learning the implicit memory so you so you just feel the feelings that you felt back then so in my situation I felt like I was hiding under the bed scared telling myself you know I'm never going to be this vulnerable again I'm never going to be when I grow up I'm mm. going to always be in control Wow. This isn't going to happen. Now, you know, is that a real memory? Was I ever under the bed hiding, saying those things? Perhaps I was, perhaps I wasn't. It doesn't matter. The fact is I felt like that. And so that yeah. was the implicit implicit memory. And then the reparenting of that was, you know, you're not a child anymore. You're a 35-year-old woman. Right. You've created yeah. this very safe, secure environment. You also have all of these resources, the confidence, um, you know, you, you can articulate yourself, you know, all these resources are there. You don't need to be afraid anymore. And, wow. you know, that was enough <laughs> to erase that old emotional learning that was put there so long ago. Yeah. Wow. That the way you describe that emotional learning, it, it just sounds like, um, like being a little warrior, like dealing with mm -hmm. the the scary truths of your reality and just being like, I'm, I'm never, you know, I'm going to like get out of this. <laughs> I'm going to survive. And, yeah. uh, and, but, but staying in that mindset and, and needing to check back in with your, your, your real adult reality um, to, to validate how things have changed. Yeah. And I mean, the, very, the reason I love memory reconsolidation it, in terms of neuroscience, it's considered mm. leading edge because it's only 20 years old. Um, and 20 years ago was the first time they realized that you can actually erase old emotional learning, implicit memory. Before then, they thought it was you know, locked away. That's it. There was no accident. There was no um, ability to change or erase it. It was just oh, wow. there. You had to deal. So this process by which we could erase and it's not to say that that wasn't ever happening because memory consolidation consolidation is just a process and we can use we can undertake that process in many many different ways and and my um my method is using hypnosis but there are many other ways emdr um sure. coherence therapy lots of other ways as well eft yeah once you know what that process is and you can take a client through it then that's going to help them to erase that emotional learning rather than create a new competing pathway rather than create this new pathway that competes with the old one it overrides yeah. it so I, I i feel like i have an opportunity to ask you your perspective um on what what, what do you think would happen if um this sort of thing was much more common and um people in the workplace had like, this is like a more of a, of a normal um, situation. How do, how do you think things would shift from how they are now into a, a possibility? 
Wow. I, wow. That is a good question. I really think this would, it would change the entire world. It would, if, if this was accessible and it is accessible to, to, to everyone, but if everyone chose to access, access this, um, this way of rewiring the brain, if you like, um, a lot of the problems that we see in society would just cease to exist. Uh, yeah, because because uh, because you were in the corporate culture, being successful, experiencing some of those problems, maybe even participating into some of those problems. I don't know, but um, you know, it's everyone's playing their role in the whole thing. And uh, do you, do you feel like it's it's like fear motivation that people are just kind of like pushing themselves into doing things without really thinking about like what the ultimate consequences are of their actions? Yeah, absolutely. And and actually, they're perpetuating a cycle because of people who are managing their past, their traumas, their emotions in the way that I was. You know, what impact might I have had on my kids? You know, was, was I yeah. there to, to meet their emotional needs? Not really. Yeah. So, so disconnected myself and messed up. <laughs> um, you know, <laughs> right. and I, and I, I have a, I do joke and I say, we all mess up our kids. It's, it's, yeah. Uh, yeah. it's inevitable. You can't not mess up your kids. Right. <laughs> it's not possible, but it's no. the extent at which you mess them up. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, that cycle gets perpetuated, you know, if, uh, if as parents we're hyper-independent, hyper-vigilant, disconnected, of course that's going to have a knock-on effect for the next generation and how they interact. So, it, I mean, it, it sounds like what you're saying is that if you're, if you're not facing um, these, like, emotional um, pains that you've, like, kind of pushed away, and you're still trying to like um, change things in the in the like you know classical like push through you know get get stability you know, get get to the next um, raise um, that in a way because you're not facing your own internal um, fears and and um, trauma from youth that um, you, you you may be putting it out on um, the people you connect with, your family, your, your coworkers, the, the culture at your workplace. Yeah, absolutely. And I certainly um, recognize that there were times in my marriage, my relationship where um, it might not have worked out because of the way I was behaving and the way I was oh. responding to other people's behaviors. It wasn't just about my behavior, but how I responded to other people um, that could have really impacted my marriage. And, and luckily I did the work in time um, and I now do the work that I do and understand. Yeah. I um I base a lot of my work around attachment theory and attachment styles and nice and uh, and and look at the fear-based responses of those earlier attachments, uh, and that helps me. You know, I, I look at my husband and analyze his <laughs> avoidant attachment style. Yeah. <laughs> I understand. I understand it. He's not ignoring me. Right. You know, he's not cutting me out. He's not. Um, 
he's just a dismissive avoidant and mm-hmm. I recognize that and I understand the blueprint that he's working from wow. and I'm working on fixing it but to admit I mean yeah being married to uh to to your therapist it, it can it can get it can make <laughs> things challenging for sure because like I mean I, I appreciate what you're saying like if you can see the pattern you can start to not um take 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 blame you know start mm. to internalize whatever they're saying mm. and uh um it can be uh, obviously um something that one of you know their their parts um want you to um take the blame for um and, and so it can be a tricky um experience to you know still be calm even even in the um midst of a, a very intelligent um emotional um storm yeah, absolutely. We have a joke around here that nobody's allowed to should me at all <laughs> because I just lose lose it. If someone says you should do something, I just lose it because I'm like, yeah. nobody, nobody tells me what to do. Nobody. That's, that's one of your triggers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, and it's got it's got better. It's better with time, but mm-hmm. it's still there, and I just yeah. recognise it now. And I'm like, okay, okay, and and yeah. now my husband will ask me. Or he'll kind of skirt around it, and rather than use a should, he's like, "Perhaps you might consider." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's good. Wow, well, um, such an amazing story, Charlotte. I I am um, very impressed that you took this and um, really ran with it and found um, even like a the specificity of, of the people you were going to try and help. Thank you. Yeah, I, I like to say, I feel very privileged to hmm. be, now be in a position where I can help people through the same journey. Um, and obviously, I know, I know the great rewards and benefits it brings having done the work. Yeah, it's and it's um, really, you know, I've I've dabbled in some of this stuff, but it's really nice to um, hear from you, you know, like and, and hearing everything you're saying about attachment and about like regression, um, uh, reconsolidation, like it all sound and and then even like the the stuff about how like you know it's not necessarily about which modality you pick, but really understanding the the art form that this is about, like you know, meeting with your um, old, old, old aspects of yourself and just kind of like being able to reach into that, um, limb that, um, was asleep. And now you got to go through some, um, prickles before you can, um, readjust and, and you start like using it to your own advantage. Um, so that was, that was really, um, uh, comforting to hear from you and, and to see how successful you, you, you've become. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, is there anywhere that, um, my audience can connect with you or find you, um, to, um, in any way that you want to, um, reach out to Sure. I'm usually hanging out on Facebook (laughs) a lot, (laughs) like most of, like most of the, uh, the globe at the moment. Right. But, um, yeah, just under my name, I post on my personal profile, um, Charlotte Mather, that's M-A-T-H-E-R. And then my website is www.charlotte.com. 
Thank They're you, both Charlotte. The two best places. I've got a YouTube channel as well. If anybody's interested in any hypnotic audios. Oh, um, nice. Okay. Yeah. Well, you you'll have to check that out. That sounds really exciting, actually. Um, very cool. Yeah. Um, is is there anything um, that somebody who someone should know before they start like a, a hypnosis to to know if they're, if they're ready? Yeah, what I would say is if you're having you know, really low mood, as in any sort of suicidal thoughts or mm -hmm. thoughts of self-harm, really dark moods, then I wouldn't recommend doing any hypnosis mm -hmm. um, just because the mind can take us on journeys to places we, we don't want to go at that time um, okay. and certainly without a trained professional there. So right. everybody else pretty much pretty much okay, but not whilst driving or okay. operating machinery. <laughs> So, so like emotional regulation is important. And if you're with a trained professional, they can help you to emotionally regulate and not get into, not spiral. Um, but if you're suicidal, then uh, that, that could lead you down a, a, a negative spiral and uh, we want you to be safe. That's right. Okay. Well, Charlotte, it was um, a, an absolute pleasure having you on the show um, and everyone watch listening. Um, Thank you very much for paying attention and we'll catch you on the next one.